This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. And folks, we are celebrating. We are celebrating the 50th episode anniversary, folks. Cheers to that. I'm going to drink some tea. Mm-mm-mm. Some tea. <laughs> Yes, that's how we celebrate over here at the Gold Household, folks. So it's the uh, 50th episode, a few weeks away from my baby being born. It's so exciting over here at the Dustin Gold Standard. So, folks, a few weeks ago, I had a booker contact me. I mentioned it on the show before. And what the booker is, is someone who represents various personalities and books them to be on podcasts or be on the news like a public relations official, a public relations agent. And so this guy reached out to me. I'm not going to say his name, very polite and everything. And he said he had a gentleman in Um, basically technology merging into live entertainment and would I be interested in having him on the show as a guest and so my first thought was why the hell (laughs) why the hell is this booker reaching out to me my second thought was that okay let me research this potential guest and see what this is all about And to be honest, it piqued my interest because for those of you who listen to this show, you know I was involved with live entertainment. I produced corporate comedy. I used to manage and develop political impersonators, and we would produce live comedy shows for corporate functions. For instance, Microsoft's Christmas party or, let's say, LinkedIn's annual sales conference. We've worked for political events, fundraisers, trade associations like International Plumbers Association. So we've done shows for a wide range of clients. And I remember... 
when I first got into the business in, I believe, 2009, I met a guy, I believe his name was Dick Smith, and he was the head of the International Speakers Association, which represented people who made a living speaking at corporate functions and and such. And he told me, man, you've got spunk. You're such a hard worker. You're so creative. If you were in this business pre-9-11, you would have made millions. (laughs) And so I had a long conversation with him. And he ended up telling me that I ought to look at going in another direction because corporate entertainment was going to be dead within several years. At this time, that was in 2009. So that's, what, um, 13 years ago. And so I said, why is that? And he said, well, people your age, and I'm 41 now, so what, I was 28 then. He said, uh, people your age that are moving up over the next five to 10 years into middle management don't want to go to corporate functions anymore. It's becoming more and more difficult to bribe sales guys to be in the top 10%, and then they're going to get a junket out to Las Vegas, where basically we're going to hammer them with more sales training, but we're going to mix in some live comedy, live music shows. We are going to give them money to play, you know, poker and, 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 you know, that kind of stuff at the craps table. And they just don't care. They would rather just do their sales meetings on zoom or on Skype. It was back then, or, um, go to meeting was popular. And so he said, the industry is going to be dead. Now, fast forward to 2020, I was still somewhat in the business, but I had started to remove myself from producing, the large shows. So I used to have a show which was Barack Obama versus Mitt Romney, hosted by Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. And I had another show which was um, Barack Obama versus Sarah Palin with Bill Clinton hosting. So we could market to companies that it was, at the time, we were promoting it as right, left, and center. So Palin being the right, Obama being the left, and we had Bill Clinton as the center. And so that way, companies wouldn't be afraid to bring uh, political content to their event. And then what we would do is we would customize these shows depending on the package that the customer bought. So, for instance, if it was a LinkedIn annual sales conference and we were doing a 30-minute debate show, they might want the show completely customized. And so we'd custom write an entire show for them. There were other cases where it might be a political fundraiser and they would tell us, hey, sway it to the left or sway it to the right. We want Palin to look stupid. We want Obama to look smart or whatever. So we'd sway them within reason because if you swayed it too much one way or the other, you could end up throwing off the comedy and it just didn't make sense. We really like to try to write from the middle and make fun of everything. That was really just uh, what worked best for us and what made us unique because most of the other competitors we had always slanted to the left. So anyway, I was involved with that business. So I started looking at this gentleman's work, the company that he wanted to come on and talk about. And I was actually quite fascinated with it. I went and listened to a podcast that he was on, uh, more of like a tech, a pro tech kind of tech geek podcast. And he said a few things that I liked. Um, about where his technology was going, what he 
believes the purpose of his technology is and also where he sees the metaverse and other places in the future. So I said to myself, can I do this interview without clobbering this guy because i don't want to bring someone on especially who reached out to me gave me a chance to interview them and they're not looking for a debate they want to talk about their product but do it in a way that you my audience will learn something from this and it's not me shilling the software because as you know i lean on the side of no tech and so it's very difficult but at the same time i told you we've been trying to reach out to other guests in our space you know whitney webb johnny vedmore patrick wood and others i'm having an email communication right now with joe allen who is a regular on steve bannon's show who's been writing about transhumanism for the last year so we'll see if i can get him on but some of these other ones they don't want to um i mean it's not like they said they won't come on they just really don't bite at the opportunity which is strange because a lot of them are selling books and such you figured they'd want to go on this show i read all the comments that you guys send me over at pain.tv slash gold and the reviews that you've left at apple Podcasts. thank you very much and the comments that you leave me are fantastic and you keep telling people this is like a college course a master class in technocratic transhumanism and the prison planet matrix and i appreciate that so you think those people would want to come on but whatever so i said to myself you know what we can explore uh, this gentleman's technology and do it in a way that we are learning from someone who is an entrepreneur in that space but not at the level of say an elon musk or a peter thiel so we're going to get into that interview that i just finished a few minutes ago and i think it's actually quite fascinating uh you get to hear from someone who grew out of the love of live entertainment he was a producer uh on broadway and um off broadway and he worked for disney dreamworks and so we get into a discussion about where he sees technology fitting into live entertainment and specifically on the current company that he is the ceo of which i will talk about briefly before we get into the interview so what i decided is that today i am not going to talk about um i'm not going to pick back up with the world economic forum discussion that we started reviewing yesterday i'll pick that back up tomorrow and then we'll finish the military.com um left the boom podcast with doctors peter emmanuel and diane Duilius because i don't really want to mix apples and oranges here so what i'm going to do is i'm going to talk a little bit about some of the technology as it relates right now to live entertainment and then i'm going to give you some background on this gentleman who came on as a guest and then give you some of my opinions on where i see this fitting in do i see it as a net positive or net negative and then we will play the interview and so let's pull this up because we've talked about it in the past and there just happens to be some new news about it and i bring it up with the guest as well and he gives his opinion on this which i found him to be very um pretty honest and, and open about his view of technology overall where he's planning on going with his companies 
which we'll get into momentarily. But let's look at this is at TheVerge.com. And this says right here, the concert of the future is already happening in the metaverse. Nobody knows quite what live digital music looks like, but almost everyone seems to agree it's going to be big. And this is an article by David Pierce written on October 3rd. And so we've talked about the metaverse in depth over here. We've reviewed World Economic Forum uh, conference discussions on the metaverse. I taught you about how the technology works, sort of what it is, at least in this iteration, where it's going, what the dream is, where they'd like to take it, what it's all about, folks, right? So luckily, uh, our guest does not really see the future at least the immediate future uh being people jumping into the metaverse and he'll explain that in the interview so i don't want to go jump the gun but i was happy to hear his thoughts on that especially someone who came from the live entertainment world uh, from production and has gravitated now towards technology and um, what he's doing with it, I find to be, you know, somewhat unique and interesting. He knows that it has the danger of becoming gimmicky and just being thrown, you know, by, onto the floor and just left behind. And that's not what he's trying to do. And so he's trying to use technology to keep people engaged in the live stuff that is going on. In the end, you make your own decision. Um I, I'm not going to really say whether it's good or it's bad, but I will give you some of my opinions on it. Let's just read this article a little bit here. It says, a few weeks ago, I went to a Charlie Puth concert from my computer. The concert was in Fortnite in the new State Farm Park Arena in the iHeartland area of the game's island. So you're going inside of the Fortnite metaverse. We've talked about that a little bit. To the State Farm Park Arena state farm so (laughs) i know so you already have the branded arenas inside of the metaverse it's no different than out here just full of advertisements in the iheartland area of the games island so you got iheart like iheart radio right their island and then you're going into the state farm park arena unbelievable you figure if you can go into the metaverse maybe you could escape all the shameless uh, advertising that goes on goes on to say for a half hour or so i watched and listened to pooth play the hits as i also flew and parkoured around the island playing the iheartland mini games this is the concert or at least a concert of the future more interactive more immersive and taking place in purely digital spaces for artists of all genres and statures quote what's up roblox end quote is the new quote what's up cleveland end quote and so we get into a bit of this in the interview folks and he addresses whether or not he sees the future being more interactive and more immersive but taking place in real life in the natural world while utilizing the smartphone utilizing the technology as a tool not to have the technology overtake the live entertainment space not to replace the actors he was shaking his head back and forth when i brought up deep fakes and everything else so he didn't seem to be um 
on board with the idea of replacing the natural world with technology. So when I get back, we're going to finish up this article, and then I'm going to review his company a little bit. I want to give you a little background. I specifically didn't, you know, dig into the minutia while I was on the interview with him because we had limited time, and so I wanted to get to some of my key points and talk about, you know, the metaverse and talk about the technology itself so that you could have an understanding uh, from the perspective of someone who is working in this industry now but building their own project not working for elon musk or peter thiel or any of the rest of them all right folks this is dustin gold this is the 50th anniversary episode ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the dustin gold standard and i'll be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks. We're just talking a little bit about the metaverse as I warm you up for our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. This article goes on to say digital concerts are nothing new, of course, but starting with Travis Scott's Fortnite show in 2020, the music industry has taken new notice of platforms like Fortnite, Roblox, and Minecraft. While we continue to debate what quote, the metaverse, end quote, even is, and how much time we all want to spend there, it's been clear for a while that there's something that works about concerts where thousands or millions of people can get together and see a show from around the globe. It's certainly better than getting sniped from a tree by a 12-year-old Goku, which is the other way I've recently been spending time in Fortnite. And so the article goes on to talk about the future of concerts inside of the metaverse. So I got into this with our with our guest, and they see that possibly there will be people, especially as he addresses younger generations that are now brought up on technology, uh, no fault of his, um, but he said that, as an entrepreneur, he now needs to try to serve the new client base if he wants to stay you know, in the industry and be able to create entertainment. So let me show you what he is working on. Uh, up on the screen, I have, it's a website, gameiotics.com, and it's G-A-M-I-O-T-I-C-S dot com powering the new era in interactive entertainment so this gentleman currently is the ceo of two separate companies one is gameionics which is a software company we'll get into that in a second and then the second company is 20-sided tavern okay and so 20-sided tavern let me go over to the main website and that is the20sidedtavern.com. And that is his production company right now. So the production company is putting on events 
uh, basically think of it in simple terms for you out there like theater that combine with the technology gameionics. And gameionics is basically gamifying um, and we've talked about that here on this show. It's gamifying live entertainment. And in short, without spoiling what we're going to discuss, essentially what they're doing is they're creating a platform that will eventually be turned into a SaaS company. For those of you that don't know, SaaS software as a service. All right. And so here, I just brought up Wikipedia for you in case you don't know what this is. It's a good teaching moment. Software as a service is a software licensing and delivery model in which software is licensed on a subscription basis and is centrally hosted. SaaS is also known as on-demand software and web-based web-hosted software. So, for instance, if you guys are entrepreneurs, if you operate a small business, you know, you are interacting with uh, and utilizing third-party products that maybe help you build your website or help you run your point of sales inside of a brick-and-mortar store or help you build out your e-commerce. So what companies are doing now is they develop pieces of software that fulfill a need for say a small business, medium-sized business, doesn't matter, in which you as the small business owner doesn't have to go out and spend $150,000 hiring a programmer to develop you a point of sale system uh, to run your, I don't know, your brick and mortar baby store, you know, that sells, uh, you know, baby clothing and, and uh, cr- uh, cribs and such. Okay, so that's software as a service. So this gentleman sees this company, Gameonomics, turning into a software as a service company that he's hoping to uh, launch that part of the company next year. And so they've been doing a lot of testing. But basically what they're doing, and I'll just read from the website. It says, if you have an audience, we have a solution. Built by creators for creators, Gameonomics is the only software solution for the live entertainment market that connects the audience and content with zero hassle. It is web-based, there's nothing for your audience to download, and it's accessible instantly from the phone in their pocket. So we'll get into this in the interview, but what he discusses is that he did not want to build an app because he finds uh, through research that if you, let's say you go to see a Broadway show, or a concert, or a comedy show, or anything like that, and let's say you're running late to get into the show, and they tell you you have to download an app, okay, so you're generally not going to download the app, it's a major hassle, as he said, a lot of people are shying away from apps now because of uh, data issues, you know, your data being stolen, your identity being stolen, so he said a lot of people aren't going that direction, so what they developed is a system where you run into the theater and you scan the QR code that we're seeing everywhere now, you know I, I find that to be highly dangerous, but that's my opinion, you scan the QR code and then this website pops up 
and this is now the platform the portal to interact with what's up on the stage so he'll get into it but basically think of it as like a mystery theater kind of thing on steroids uh he looks at it as sort of a live dungeons and dragons so the actors up on the stage are actually changing sort of the trajectory of the show based on certain moments in the show where the audience interacts off of this website and then the actors may change the script they go in a different direction it's uh i look at it like a choose your own adventure type of book happening live on the stage so i just want to go through his website a little bit i had reviewed this before the interview but we didn't go into depth on this because i wanted to get to the meat of what he was doing and have him explain it in his own words but uh they have up here audience engagement branching narratives role-playing games trivia quiz shows escape rooms murder mysteries okay and it says gamify your audience experience Gameiotics includes dozens of features that expand connectivity and focus your audience on the experience. Whether you're in education, theater, sports marketing, live events, museums, or amusement parks, Gameiotics has a solution to keep your audience engaged and entertained. So we went into this a little bit and we talked about uh, museums. We talked about, you know, amusement parks, uh, specifically Universal Studios, Harry Potter. And with the museums, I, I found it to be kind of fascinating. If you know when you go to a museum or you go on a tour of an old, you know, historic building or house, for instance, my wife and I over Christmas, um, we were going to be basically on the road. So we stopped at the Biltmore in Asheville, um, North Carolina. Uh, to see the Christmas trees. But basically, you know how you'll go through the tour and you rent one of those push boxes and basically you just click, okay, I'm over here at one and it goes, you are in the room of so-and-so where this happened in 1713. Okay, please progress to area two. Well, part of what Gameotics is doing is making it more interactive, more engaging. So you could say, uh, it may say to you, do you want to learn about this or do you want to learn about this? You might press A and and then that takes you to a different part of the room and then you go over here and it, it you know and then you could run the whole thing again and have a completely different experience so they are trying to engage um the new generation of folks hooked on computers and on video games and such but get them engaged with what's going on live instead of just being stuck inside of a completely cyber metaverse but as you'll hear him kind of allude to, I don't know, that possibly this early iteration could just be developing this sort of choose-your-own-adventure that can then maybe be used inside of, you know, the metaverse. He didn't say that, but I kind of got the feeling. All right, it goes on to say accessibility. The best direct-to-device solution in the market today, Gameionics delivers closed captioning directly to the live audience member's own phone. Gameionics is both feasible, financially, and easy to use. Now, that feature, considering that technology is here, and part of what we talk about in this show is how to avoid it, Okay, if you don't want to be involved with this, you just don't use it if you see it. Now you're aware of it. But that thing I found to be useful 
So if you brought your deaf grandma uh, to a Broadway show or you brought your grandma who was visiting from another country and she doesn't speak English, there's live closed captioning on your phone so she could actually you know, read the words in the language that she speaks. I found that to be uh, pretty interesting. I know there would be some people you know, interested in that. Uh, and since it's not an app, it's not really collecting data on you. And so this is really what he's focusing on with gameotics. Now, I've talked a little bit about gamification uh, here on this show, especially in relation to the gig industry and how they are gamifying these apps from the service provider, the contractor, the independent uh, contractor side. So what Instacart will do, for instance, the grocery shopping app, is they'll run promos and say, if you complete six orders today, you're going to get a bonus, and the bonus will do this, and then you're going to get tokens, and then the tokens will elevate your status, and if you elevate your status, you're going to get a baseball cap with the Instacart logo. Stuff like that. So they gamify things. Uh, I got uh, Wikipedia open here. Just so you know, gamification is the strategic attempt to enhance system services organizations and activities by creating similar experiences to those experienced when playing games in order to motivate and engage users. This is generally accomplished through the application of game design elements and game principles, dynamics and mechanics um, in non-game context. So what he's trying to attempt to do, what the guest is trying to attempt to do, is to gamify live entertainment and bring the audience into in a more engaged situation. So sitting there and watching the theater production now is not enough. This system will allow them to engage and actually kind of shape the show and the flow and where it goes in real time. It's quite interesting. I'll give you my thoughts on it when we get back from this short break. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 